0: Hey, would you guys stand up? We're going to just read God's word as we start off today. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so that you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared, you're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. All right. Hey, welcome to ACF Church. If you're new here, we don't always start that way, but maybe we should, uh, because that's a lot of fun. closing out this last week um, of this series called Blind Spots through the book of Ephesians. It has been a great 12 weeks. Um, Somebody uh, here the other day was like, I'm so bummed out. It's going to be over. Like Ephesians has just spoke to my life so much. And here's the good news. You can keep reading it. Just keep going through it. I mean, start over and hopefully at some point here throughout this series, you've read through the book maybe multiple times and been encouraged by it. Um, But before we get too far into this, uh, this morning, we want to welcome everyone who's viewing online. Can you give them a hand? This morning as we um, start off church today so and by the way so my mom called me and left me a voicemail like yesterday to ask about the online viewing so I know if we ever have a hit online it's always at least my mom so here's the deal mom click on the button below me and that's how you're gonna open up all of the rest of the sermons in the series so it's got the, the blind spots logo click on it and then you're gonna see all the rest of them so that's how you do it love you mom all right so so there you go um, but anyway, this is uh, this is a great way to end. <laughs> Um, this series Paul closes out with almost this like epic halftime speech and what we just read was uh, this part of Ephesians ch- Ephesians 6 in uh, the message translation a- and I love that translation because I feel like it draws out some of the um, the excitement and the power that's in this passage and so hopefully you've read it hopefully you've um, um, been looking ahead here a little bit and that you're ready for this conversation um, because this this part of the book Paul is trying to prepare uh, the Church of Ephesus for what's to come, and maybe for what's happening currently in their church. There's been a lot of attacks, a lot of doubts, a lot of struggles in their own personal lives, as well as in uh, the church as it's being established, and so Paul's trying to prepare them for what's coming. He wants them to know, hey, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a fight, and I don't know if you guys see life that way. I don't know if when you're brushing your teeth this morning, you're like, man, I'm like going to war today. I don't know if when you got in your car, you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm headed to battle. Um, but I don't think we often really think that way. Um, we go through our lives um, seeing what we see, not that aware, I think, many times of what's in front of us. And, and so this whole conversation, I think, uh, begins with a simple question is, do you believe that there's good and that there's evil in the world? Do you believe that there's good and evil? And this might seem like a simple question, but it's really not that simple Um, because when you start digging into your beliefs, what you might find is that you doubt... The existence of either one in many ways. In fact, in in our culture, it's almost—it's not really PC to call certain things good and certain things bad, because really, like, well, something could be bad for you, but it could be good for me, and something could be, you know, bad for me, but good for you. And so, who am I to impose my beliefs on you? And so, let's just kind of leave everything relative. There's no good. There's no evil. There's no right or wrong. Just do your thing. I'll do my my thing, and, and and then we'll figure it out in the end. And so you guys know, like this is the world we live in, right? It's just all relative. Don't offend anybody. Don't step on anybody's feet. Make sure you don't tell them that what they're doing is is evil or wrong. But I think intuitively we kind of know that's not totally right. Like there are just things that are good like like bacon, right? Like we can we can honestly as a church today just gather together to say, yes, God gave us bacon and it was good, right? God made bacon, and it was good, and, and amen, right? You guys don't amen anything in church except for bacon, right? So amen, bacon is good. Um, there's a lot of other things that we know are good in life, and I think in general we'd say these are, these are generally good things. And then, you know, just a few, a few weeks ago, Orlando, right? Orlando happened, the shooting happened, and I think we uh, as a people can, can look at that and say that's evil, Right? I think some of the things that have happened even since then on the news are evil. Things that we've seen around the world are evil. We see things right here in Anchorage, right here in our community. And I think as a community, we look at certain things and we do draw a line somewhere, don't we? At some point we do say, okay, you know, I know it's all relative and I don't want to step on your toes, don't step on mine. But at some point we, we know as, as human beings that, that, we, that, that things are evil. There are certain things that I think it's just woven into our, our humanity to know that that's just wrong. Like whatever it is, it's just, it's, it's not how it's supposed to be. It's not right. And so this whole conversation, the baseline is that we have to, we have to acknowledge that there's good and there's evil and so if there's good and there's evil we also believe as as the church is that there are demons and that there is a satan that does exist and, and this is for, for a lot of people this is a hard conversation uh, even Christians that I know um, we, we like the idea of Jesus and he saved me from my sins and we get all that but when we start talking about demons and we start talking about Satan we get all kind of kinds of like pictures in our heads of what Hollywood has given us as an image of what's demonic and what's evil like you guys remember all the old poltergeist movies and Halloween and, and like you know it's like the girl like they're here remember that right so back in the day that was kind Kind of my imagery of what was evil, and so there's not really evil going on unless maybe like there's a chair moving around in my house or like weird noises coming from the walls or, you know, whatever it is, and so we've kind of used that to define what is evil uh, in the world, and really it's it's way off for, for the most part. Maybe you've experienced that in your, in your life. I have not, but for me, evil looks a lot different. Uh, and i think for most of us the battle uh, of good and evil in your life isn't fought in some dark dungeon somewhere it's really fought in your climate controlled comfortable uh, living room you know it's it's fought you know on your way to work it's fought you know when things are going good and you feel like you've kind of just got life on point right now and you're doing all kinds of things that are that are going well and you're like yeah life's going well you know what that's really when the battle is fought. In fact, there's this guy named C. S. Lewis. Uh, he wrote a book called The Screw Tape Letters. Anybody ever read The Screw Tape Letters? I read a ton of that this week. If you want to just read a great book uh, identifying some of this tension of good and evil and maybe some of the ways that, that you've been attacked throughout your life, it's a great read. Uh, I read through some of it. But C. S. Lewis talks about how there are two kinds of people. There are people that ignore evil altogether and act like it doesn't exist, and then people who become completely obsessed with evil in the world. And so as, as a church, what we want to do is, is we don't want to become obsessed with it. We don't want to make evil the point because we know who's the point? Jesus is the point. So we don't want to make it about evil, but we also don't want to stick our heads in the sand and act like evil doesn't exist because it certainly exists all Around us, it it exists when you're when you're thinking like, "Hey, I know I could get ahead of the game by compromising my values just a little bit. Like, I know this deal is just a little bit shady, um, and and I might have to like lie a little bit, but it's just a little lie. The battle is fought like when when you're thinking, you know what? My wife really just isn't the woman that I married." And I think I just want to go do something else at this point, you know. That's when the battle is fought. The battle is fought, you know, when you're clicking around on the internet and you're like, I'm not doing anything millions of other people aren't doing. So so what's the big deal? I mean, that's when the battle is fought. It's fought in your own heart. It's fought when, when you're here at church and you're like, I don't really care about anything that's going on today, you know. It, it's fought when you wake up on Sunday morning and you're like, oh, I just... I don't know if I'm going. Like, I, I don't know why. You guys ever notice that, like, life gets really hard on Sunday mornings? For whatever reason, I do not sleep better on any night of the week except for Saturday night. Like, like, when I wake up on Saturday night, this morning was one of those mornings I did not want to get out of bed. I mean, you guys, and this is why some weeks I just commend you and celebrate that you made it. You made it here. And you don't even know, like, you were, you were like, being shot at by the enemy all the way here, and you are dealing with all kinds of things to, to, to oppose the decision, even just to get to church to be part of this community. This is hard. This is hard stuff. You're in a war. Do you live that way? Do you acknowledge that? I just, I think, I think we don't. I think for the most part, we go through our day, things are going well, and we kind of ignore it. And so I think that's the baseline. We're in a war. There is a battle, and, and you are meant to be taken out. You are meant to, to be this apathetic person who sits in the corner, who observes everything that the, that's happening in the kingdom of God. You, you, that, this is what the enemy wants for you, for you to show up, to check the church box, and to go home, and to feel like, no, listen, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm, I'm really doing this thing because I showed up to church. That's what the enemy wants for us. Just show up, you know, as long as you own a Bible and as long as you got the sticker on the back of your car, you're a Christian, check the box, you're good. This is, this is where the battle is fought for us. I think in apathy. I think in pride. I think as we go through life and we think, I can kind of do this alone. I can check out. I can just, you know, show up and be part of community when I want it, and then I can pull away and do what I want when I don't. This is where the battle is so I want you to just kind of in your mind, maybe reframe what evil and good looks like, maybe in your own life. Because there's two things that are going on. There are the attacks of the enemy, there's the demonic out there, and then there is in our own hearts, if we're honest, our own temptations. Like, like there, I know a lot of people who are like, yep, the devil was tempting me today. Sometimes you were tempting you, right? Sometimes you just made a bad decision. You shouldn't have rented that movie. You shouldn't have, you know, made that Facebook message with that girl. Like, like, you shouldn't have done that thing that put you in a situation where now you're being tempted. And so it's important that we acknowledge that as well, that even within us is a certain, a certain tension and a propensity towards things that are evil. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to identify the enemy, we have to identify that there is an enemy, that he's out to get you, and I know it sounds scary, right? But like the Bible talks about Satan like he's, he's prowling around like a roaring lion, looking to devour you, to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, if you were on a trail and you knew a roaring lion was prowling around, would you hike a little differently? Would you be a little bit more aware of yourself? Like in Alaska, we've got, you know, bear aware like classes, right? And so my kids, they go to school and they do little little trainings during the week to be bear aware. You got to be ready for it. It was never that way back in Colorado, you know? I mean, we just, I don't know what's going to, like a white tailed deer is going to come out and start attacking you. I don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, here in Alaska, it's different. You go hiking, you go camping, you got to be ready with the bear spray or whatever you carry around, your Colt 45 or whatever it is, and be ready. Ready for the attack. And every year there's somebody on the news, right? That guy that wasn't ready. That, that family who was like, look at the grizzly bear. Hey, can I take a selfie with the grizzly. You know, every year there's that person, and what do we say? Stupid, right? Why would they do that? Why would why would they why would they go mess around with this wild animal? But then we live like that. We go through life and we we toy around with things that we know are gonna are gonna tempt us and things that are ultimately intended to take us out. So open up to Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna get into this at some point. I swear we're gonna get into the passage. I just I want you guys to be aware, and I'm really preaching to myself because I feel like um, I feel like comfort. And um, when life is going well, I just, I check out from this stuff. Some of you are here and you're like, no, Brian, I get this. My life is a battle. Everything's a battle. Like I wake up and I go to bed and it's a battle. But I think for most people, we aren't that aware. So what are demons? Like what? what what is this really about what we know about satan is satan is a fallen angel we know that about demons as well that that these are these are beings that were created by god intended for good that turned to evil this is what we believe about these things and it's important that you create a distinction as we start to unpack this and i feel like we have no time to even cover this whole topic, but as you, as you think about demons, as you think about Satan, as you think about evil, you need to draw a heavy distinction between those things and God himself. Because what I think a lot of people do is you ascribe some of the same attributes of God to the demonic, and so you give the demonic power that it never has. You see, evil exists, Satan exists, the demonic exists, but it exists with a leash on it only exists under the authority of God. You need to, under, like, read the book of Job. Like, Satan only does what God gives him permission to do, which brings up a whole not- not- another set of questions. But, but just start with that baseline, that God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. You know who isn't? Satan. So, so as you start thinking about these things, I'm being attacked, I, I, want, I want to deal with this, this whole spiritual attack thing well, I want to be ready for war. Make sure that you realize this, as a believer in Jesus, you have authority, uh, the authority of Jesus over everything that's attacking you. Uh, people ask like, hey, can, uh, can Christians be possessed by, by a demon? As we read in scripture, and in fact, like we've, I've seen possession before, it's something that does exist and so people are like, well, am I possessed by some kind of demon or something like that? And I would say once again that as a believer in Jesus, this cannot be the case. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm kind of possessed by something. You're not possessed by anything if you're possessed by Jesus. If, if you have Jesus in your heart, he's the one who fills you. He's the one who, who owns you. And so you never have to fear of being possessed by a demon, but you can be oppressed by a demon. You can be oppressed. You can be attacked. You can have things in your life, once again, uh, some Christians call them uh, footholds for the enemy. Have you heard that term used before? I've given a foothold to an enemy. And what that means, again, is just like I've allowed something into my life, made certain decisions to do these things or not to do these things, which have set me up to to be in the, the, the target line of the enemy in some way or another. And so I've given him some kind of authority in my life. I've chosen to do that. So again, no possession for the believer, but certainly oppression. And, and I wonder if you realize it. I wonder if you're aware of it. And, and so let me ask this question. Anybody ever been in a fight? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been in a fight? Not like everybody. You guys are, anybody ever won a fight? Few, few, less hands. Okay. Awesome. Like I've won them all. So I just, I've been in fights. I've, uh, I just remember when I was living in, uh, in, uh, in Maryland and I was in grade school and it was recess and so I'm hanging out there with my one buddy, and we're at the top of this big hill, and down at the bottom of the hill, hidden from where all the, all the teachers were, was this group of boys. And this group of boys was like, they, they were like the kids that owned the school. You remember these kids? I mean, through like intimidation and numbers, like these kids ruled the school. And so me and my buddy are at the top of this hill, and they had just aerated the field, And so you guys ever been around a field that's been aerated where, like, all the little clods of dirt are all over the place? And so, you know, what do kids do when that happens? you got to huck them at each other, right? So everybody's having, like, dirt clod fights out in the field. And so uh, we're at the top of this hill. My buddy's like, but you can't hit them with a dirt clod. And, of course, I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no way. I I, I throw like a girl. So I'm never going to hit these guys at the bottom of this hill. But he's like, but you can't. And I said, I bet I can't. So I pick up this dirt clod, and I throw it in the air. And by this, like, miracle of nature, this wind comes out of nowhere, and and this dirt clod starts soaring in the air, and it's just taking off and, you know, flying in the distance, and it goes down. It's like 100 yards away, and it hits this kid right in the back of the head, and they all turn their heads around, and my buddy's like, you better run, right? And I just froze. I didn't know what to do, you know. And so up, up the hill they come. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just kind of look around like, who threw the dirt clod, right, you know, that game. And the, the, the kid comes right up to me. Well, when he gets closer, I realize, like, he's like this tall, right. And he's all fired up. He comes right up to my chest and puts his head up against my chest. And he's doing one of these numbers. Like, like what? Like, what? Are, you gonna, are we going to fight? And I, I, like, reach down to try to push him away a little bit. And he just goes off. Like, he's one of those crazy fighters. You ever seen? Like, somebody that there is no rhyme or reason. It's just fists and arms and legs. And he just kind of, like, he's blacking out and just freaking out on me. So I didn't know what to do. And so... I'm um, curled up on the ground, and he's kicking me in the face with those, those beige Timberland Timberland boots. Remember those beige boots that were so popular? And so he's kicking me in the face, and I look up, and this, this teacher's like a mile away, you know, taking her sweet time to come break up what's going on here. And in my ears, uh, my dad, like his voice is ringing in my head like, Son, you can't start a fight, but you better finish it. And, and I'm on the ground, and I'm like, I'm finished. I'm finished. I just want it to be over, you know. And finally like the kid the teacher pulls a kid off of me I get suspended like I just couldn't believe it I was so shocked in that moment because I I mean this this kid came up and he looked so defenseless you know and he he destroyed me so there's my embarrassing story for the day but I feel like, my wife's laughing, that's great. Um, I, feel, I feel like this is for most of us, like we, we aren't aware of the enemy. We don't know who we're fighting. And here's what I know, is that if you don't know your enemy, you will end up being taken out. You will be taken out. If you don't know the enemy, if you don't know who they are, if you underestimate them, you will be taken out. And so let's pray together, and let's get into this text, because I think Paul's really going to help us with this. Jesus, oh, there's so much here, and... God, I know that uh, when life is good, I, I'm cruising, and I act like there is nobody out to take me out, and I, and I don't live like I'm in a war, um, but I know that I am. God, I know the stakes are really high. Um, God, I know that there is a mission, and there is, is a purpose for all of us in this room. God, I, I recognize this as we as a church even talk about this. Um, God, as we step forward on mission for you, that, that we will have a target on our backs, And so, God, we want to be aware of that today. We want to be fighters. God, help us to be aware of the fight. Help us to know our enemy. God, help us to stand firm with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to be today as we close out this whole thing. It's been fun, hasn't it? It's been a great series. Um, Excited. By the way, next week we are kicking into a a new series called The Force of Habit. And, uh, and if you have some things in your life that you've had a hard time like, like getting traction in, maybe some ways that you've been attacked and, and you've just kind of given a foothold to the enemy and you're like, how do I move forward in this? Come back next week. You guys got to be here next week. If you've got a kidney, kidney transplant-like schedule, just reschedule it. Just come back for church. I want you guys to be here. It's going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun. So first thing I want you guys to write down here is this. Armor puts us in a tactical mindset. What we're going to talk about in this passage is the armor of God. And uh, a lot of people um, maybe, maybe put a lot of emphasis on the different pieces of armor, and maybe you've like been to Sunday school and, uh, and been taught this before. And, and I don't want you to like overthink these little pieces and parts. Ultimately what he's trying to do is to help you know what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus, to be all out pursuing God amidst the battle. And so he's just, he's trying to paint a picture of what that actually looks like. But it starts off with this is to be in a tactical mindset, to be ready for war. And I don't know again if you live that way. Um, but but what James says is that, that we just we need to we need to resist the enemy. And if we resist the enemy, he'll flee from us, he'll run from us. We just have to be in that mindset like every day when we wake up, that we're going to battle. We're going to war. My daughter, Avriana, she just scored her first goal in soccer last week, which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. She's great. And and like, so we're watching these games, and Amanda's like, she's going to be such a good soccer player. Look how awesome she is. She scored a goal. And you know, I'm a dad, and so I'm watching this whole thing, and I'm thinking, she's good at soccer, but you know what? She just cares about playing the game. Look, this kid over here, he's picking flowers. This kid over here is like, you know, looking at the clouds. And my daughter, at least like, she, what she does, she puts her cleats on. And she puts on that uniform, and like she gets into this really, uh, you know, competitive mode, and she's like ready to play the game. And so all the kids are out there, and they're laughing, they're joking, and Avery's like, "Who am I taking out? Who am I?" And she gets into it, and she goes after the ball, and she has no coordination at all. But she's like, she's doing it, and she's kicking the ball, and like even from her own teammates, we're trying to teach her, "Don't take the ball from your teammates, Avery," because she's so competitive. Here's the difference. She's just playing the game. She's just aware of it. She's just doing it. And other kids are just walking around like they're not even in the game. So what he's going to line out here is, is the armor of God, that, that there's these things that you can have in your life that will set you up so that you can be ready for the fight, so that you're aware of it. And if you've ever worn body armor, I know we have a lot of military people. And you've probably, like, worn body arm, armor in your life. You know when you wear it, you don't forget that you have it on. Like, it's not like, hey, it's Friday night, let's put on some body armor, this is super comfortable, I love wearing this. It's not comfortable, you don't really love wearing it, it's heavy, and it's bulky, and you know that it's there. And that's really how it should be in the life of a believer, is that there are some some things that we can have in our lives, and and sometimes it's going to take some work to have those things in our lives, and it's not going to be super comfortable to have those things in our lives, but when they're there, it's going to put us in a tactical mindset. And we're going to be be acknowledging that there's a battle to be fought. There is a war raging around us. So let's read this in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Again, he starts off by saying it's all about God's strength. It's not your strength. By the way, you can't fight this battle on your own. It's not intended for you to fight the enemy. It's God's fight. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So this term, wrestle, we got any wrestlers in the room? Anybody wrestle? Like wrestling is, is like tiring. And it is just hand-to-hand combat. And that's what he's talking about here is this, like, this type of tiring hand-to-hand combat that we are in with the enemy. And, and he's, he wants you to know like this isn't like a sniper type of fight you know, where you're just getting sharts, shots from a distance. This is the kind of battle that's going to be in your marriage. It's going to be in your mind It's going to be at your school. It's going to be in every aspect of your life, in the most intimate areas of your personal life, in all of your history, in everything that you've done in your past, in all the things that have been done to you in your past. This is where the battle rages, right up in your business. And so if you're a believer in Jesus, again, I want you to know, like, this is what you signed on for. You're like, I wasn't thinking. Well, this, this is a good time to be aware of, like, this is the battle that you're in is it's going to be right up in your business. And he says this. He says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities. So he's talking about the demonic in the world. See, far too many of us think that the wrestling that we're in is with each other. I think way too many relationships are being taken out. Marriages are being taken out. Churches are being taken out by friendly fire. Because we think we're fighting up against each other. We think this battle is between me and you. And more than once, my wife and I have had to look each other in the eye and say these words. I am not your enemy. Married people, you need this verse written somewhere in your house. You need this verse at the forefront of your mind. Because there are moments where you come face to face with with, with a person. And the way they're acting seems pretty evil. Or it seems pretty wrong. And in that moment, you can make them the enemy. But what, what, what Paul's trying to do is he's trying to help us to zoom out from our problems and recognize they are not the enemy. There is an enemy. And he's the one that we should be fighting. By, the strength, by God's strength in us, we should be fighting. But he, the, the, the friend in your life that's offending you, the, the, the teacher that isn't treating you well, the, the relational rift that you're in, like whatever that situation is, don't make them the enemy because they're not the ones that we're really fighting. And he talks about evil in the heavenly places. And by the heavenly places, he's not talking about like heaven where God resides. What he's talking about is the spiritual realm. That, that, that we believe that there's, there's this physical realm, but there's also this spiritual realm. And, and it happens all around us. And that there are these spiritual things happening in the world today. And so he wants you to acknowledge, like this is where the battle is fought. And he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, With all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Next thing I want you to write down is that armor is issued at salvation. All of what we're gonna talk about here, all of this armor, you can't put it on if you don't first put your faith in Jesus. So he's telling the church, he's telling the church of Ephesus, like you believers, uh, you believers of ACF Church in Eagle River here, if you're a Christian, I want you to put on the armor. Now you get issued armor. Essentially, like you have to have faith, and you have to to know some of the truth that he just talked about to become a believer in Jesus. But just like anybody, the first time you put some armor on or the first time you pick up a weapon, you don't really know how to use it. You're not that good at it. Maybe you don't really know how to hold it right. You need to learn some things so that you can be an efficient and effective person in the kingdom of God. And so that's what he's trying to say is like, hey, here's the armor that you've been issued. Let me tell you what this looks like. And he walks through all of these different things. We're gonna just kind of run through them real quick. First, he says to stand, that's important. Again, this is God's battle. This is God's fight. What we know is that on the cross, he overcame and and, and defeated the enemy. But although the the enemy's been defeated, there's still battles left raging on this world, battles left to fight for us. He says, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. You guys, listen, you got to know what the truth is. you got to know the difference between the truth and a lie. And all throughout your life, you're going to be fed lies. There are things that are going to be fed to you through media, uh, through the people around you. You're going to see things that you're like, well, this is just what people do. In this stage of life, I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z. This is what people do. I'm supposed to have this amount of debt. I'm supposed to have this many relationships. It's supposed to be this physical. I'm supposed to have this many you know, husbands or wives because this is how my family did it. And, and I'm supposed to, like, it's just throughout your life, you're gonna be fed all kinds of things. And you have to be able to look at those things with perspective and know what the truth is. So know the truth to help you stand. He says the breastplate of righteousness. Somehow he's saying, making righteous choices, choosing righteousness in your life is going to be a protectant for you. How many of you guys know, like, when you make terrible choices, it doesn't protect you very well. When you make bad choices, it only leads to more bad choices. It only leads to, to more problems. And so he's like, hey, the, the righteousness that Christ gives you, live that out in the world, and it's going to protect you. It's going to help you. He talks about the shoes on your feet. <laughs> so... Uh, we went camping this, uh, this Thursday. We went out to, to Boulder Creek, a Puritan Creek area, and the rain was coming down. We went with uh, Pastor Josh and his family. So uh, what was this? I guess it would have been like Friday night. We all went to bed. It's like, like one in the morning, and Amanda elbows me, and she's like, Brian. Josh has a gun, and I'm like, what? she's like, Josh has a gun, so I look out the window and there's Josh, and he's like standing outside of his tent like and you know ready to shoot something and he's got the, got his rifle out and his shoes are like half on, and he's you know he's like walking around the tent, and we look off in the bushes, well, there's a moose that has just walked right through our camp in the middle of the night, and you know if you're sleeping in a tent, you're just sure that's a grizzly bear that's going to kill you, right? And, I mean you just you're half asleep, you hear the noises, and so he's out there, and he he told me later he's like. You know, I went to bed, and I had, like, my shoes and my rifle and all that stuff, and I just kind of set that out there, like, I probably won't need that, you know. Probably, you know, that's nothing's going to really happen. and You just assume you don't really need that stuff to be ready. But you know there's, there's something about sleeping with your boots on, right? There's something about, like, being ready, uh, ready for anything when it might come. That's what he's saying. He's like, have some shoes on your feet. Be ready with your boots on, ready to fight at any minute, because you're going to be attacked, You're maybe being attacked right now. You're maybe struggling right now with some kind of temptation, even here in church. Maybe you're going to go home, and on the way home, it's going to get bad. I don't know where it's going to happen, but he's saying, it's coming, so be ready. Sleeping with with the boots on your feet. Does that describe you as a Christian? Are you aware of the spiritual realm and what's going on? Or when things are going well, do you just assume that God is blessing you? Like, I must be God's favorite little man, Look how good things are, things are going. I got some money in the bank. You know, marriage is going well. Kids aren't like totally destroying the house. I mean, like things are kind of good. I must be God's special person. And, and this is where the battle rages, is that if we can be comfortable, if we can be happy, if we can just be content and apathetic, then we are taken out of the battle. And, and sometimes you need to know this, that the more difficult things get, sometimes identifies that you're actually getting into the fight. You're actually getting into the battle. Not that life has to be terrible for you uh, to be a follower of Jesus, but there will be a lot of difficulty. And, and Paul's very clear about that. This man is writing from prison with chains around his hands and his legs. So he knows that it's going to get hard. But don't just assume either way. Don't assume, well, it's, it's getting better, so I must be doing what God wants me to do. I must be like, you know, I'm not being attacked right now because things are going well. Don't assume that. Don't assume that because you can be apathetic in the corner and happy and full bank account and kids are doing well and completely worthless to the kingdom of God. You can be. So, so just be, be shoes on your feet. Be ready. Be ready for the fight. Be ready for the battle. He talks about the shield of faith. Uh, anybody doubt sometimes? You just doubt all this stuff? You here today? We talk as a church that, that we're a church of people that you don't have to believe to belong to be part of ACF. Like if you're here today and you're not a Christian and you've got a lot of questions, uh, you're totally uh, you're part of the family. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're part of our community, and, that, and that's important. But he's saying, don't give way to your doubts. Don't give more authority to your doubts. I have my doubts. I don't think a pastor is supposed to say that, but I do. I like all kinds of doubts, and I, I wake up with different doubts depending on the day. Doubts in myself, doubts in God, doubts in what I believe. But he's saying, you have a decision to make when you have a doubt. Like, you need to choose faith. And, and, and faith in the Bible is always in the context of obedience. It's always in the context of doing what you know is right even when you don't feel it. Even when it's not like your day for for this particular type of right behavior, just like I'm not into this, that's faith. So as Christians, it's not like, well, when I feel it, I'll totally do it. It's no, do it, and that's faith. That's that's choosing what's right even when it's hard. He talks about with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil, evil one. He's trying, again, more imagery, like somebody's trying to burn your house down. Just, just know that. Like, you're like, really? Uh, like, like biblically, he's saying you are being attacked, and, and it's just like Lord of the Rings up in here. There's these flaming darts shooting at your life, and he's trying to, he's trying to, trying to light you on fire. And he says, with the faith that you that you have in your life, you're going to be able to extinguish these darts. The helmet of salvation. You guys know if you've ever been in battle, one of the most important things to have is a helmet, right? Protect your head, protect your thinking protect the way that you view the world, the helmet of salvation, that you view the world through your salvation in Christ, through who, who he is. And he talks about the sword of the Spirit. That's the last thing, is he talks about the word of God, that you need to know the word of God. I'm going to ask you a hard question. If you're part of ACF Church, you've been 12 weeks in Ephesians, have you read through the book one time? I'm just going to ask that question. Have you read through the book one time in the last 12 weeks? I'm just asking. I hope you have. But if you haven't, I want you to just identify, like, if I've been part of ACF Church for this period of time, and he's been up there preaching through Ephesians and talking about this, hey, just read through the book of Ephesians. Know the Word of God. I mean, I could just be making junk up up here, you guys. Just because it's on the screen doesn't mean it's true. Like, I could just write whatever I want. Maybe it's just all lies. You guys don't know. If, If you're not reading the Word, I hope you're reading the Word. I hope you'd be able to be like, wait, typo. Typo, that's wrong. I hope you would be able to do that, to know if something is not biblical, is not right. So read the Word of God, know the Word of God, because without it, you're not going to be ready. You're going to be that guy trying to get his boots on, you know? Like, we're being attacked. Hold on, hold on, I'll get my shoes on, right? No way, nobody waits. Like, yeah, I'll shoot you once you get your shoes on. That's not how it works. You want to be ready with the Word of God. It's that at salvation. Hebrews six nineteen talks about how the hope of Jesus is like an anchor for our souls, an anchor. Now think about how like that's what keeps a ship from 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 floating into the rocks and, and just falling to pieces. Is an anchor, and we all need an anchor. And so when you get saved, when you put your hope in Jesus, when you put your faith in Him. And then you, you, you get this, this armor, this protection. God resides in you. It anchors your soul, and it gives you a new outlook on the world. And so we all need this. We need to be anchored. We need a, a new way of seeing the world. And I hope that if you're a believer, you've experienced this, where things that you used to do are no longer comfortable for you anymore. Things that you used to think were good are, are now, like, evil. You're like, oh, that's not, that's not good at all. In fact, there's this verse in Isaiah 520. It says, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to you who can't determine the difference between what is evil and what's good. And, and he's saying, like, you guys put on the armor so that you can be ready, so you can tell the difference. The third thing I want you guys to write down is armor empowers the mission. As with any kind of body armor, you don't just wear it because you want to wear it. Typically, there's something you're doing together, right? You're going somewhere. You're trying to accomplish something. You're trying to help some people. You're trying to do something with the armor. You need to recognize as this whole book was never written to just you as an individual. And the tendency, well, as we look at armor, we're talking about things that we wear personally, you know, A sword and a breastplate and a a helmet and all those things. And so we start thinking about this in a personal level, but you guys understand this was written to the church. So I want you to zoom out from your own life if you're thinking about where you've been attacked and think about ACF Church for a minute. This is for us. This is for us. If we want to step forward in the next months and years and, and, and press forward the mission of God, we will be attacked. There will be a target on our backs as a community. The enemy will want to show up and divide you. He'll want to, to keep you complacent. He'll want to keep you unmotivated for the mission. He'll want you to show up here to church and be like, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll let somebody else do that. Instead of owning the mission. But when we as individuals own the mission, then we as a church own the mission. And then we're going to do some amazing things together. And it's going to be beautiful. And so he's, he's wanting to remind us, I think, that this is, this is about a mission mission. And he asks for prayer. Paul says this in verse 19. He says, And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Paul's all about proclaiming the gospel. This is all about telling more people about Jesus. He says, I am an ambassador in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So this is what we're intended to do to be ambassadors, to be those who are presenting the gospel. Now, Paul, he's got actual chains around his wrists. He's experienced a lot of pain, and he's still on mission. He's still in prison on mission. And you guys, listen, if you're going to follow Jesus and really do this, life's not just going to get easier. You're going to have to press through some of your doubts, some of your struggles, some of the things that you've been like, yeah, that's for somebody else to do, not for me to do. And it's going to be hard, and it's going to feel like you've got some weight on you, but that's how you're going to know that you're in the fight. I mean, think about it. Like, if this is supposed to be like a battle, do you ever feel like you're actually in a fight? I want you to read one more passage. If you, it's not on the screen. Luke 18 is, is what I want you to read with me here real quick if you want to open it up to that. But I want to close with this. This is a, it's a story Jesus tells about this Pharisee, this religious man, and then this tax collector. It says this, two men went up, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So I just want to close out this series with where we began and just ask you this question, like, are you even in the fight? Are you even aware that there is a fight? And and when we start off the series, we talked about these three different stools that people may sit in. And and this stool represented somebody who is deceived. Somebody who thinks that, like, no, like, I'm God's special person. Things are going good. Life's going good, you know. Uh, or maybe life is terrible and you don't want to turn to God. You're just going to fix it yourself. You're going you're gonna to figure it out. And this person is convinced, like, I'm so glad that I'm not messed up like those other people, right? I'm so glad that I've got my life figured out. They're deceived. This is, this is who people think they are. And, and in this next chair... We talked about somebody who is distraught. See, the next step from who you think you are is who you actually are. This is is who God says you are because we know that we're not the final authority. I don't know if you think you're the final authority. I know that I'm not. So we go to God and we ask God, who are we? And we realize that every human being is born on the other team. Every human being is born as somebody who's on the enemy's team. And that there is not one just, one good person on earth on their own. And so we have to decide which team are we on. And so this person is just at least honest about how, okay, I'm on the wrong team. My life's a mess. I try to get God to to accept me. I hope that I'm good enough, but I realize like even in my good days and my good decisions, they're just not that great. And so you go from being deceived to being completely distraught. Because you're acknowledging your sin. You're acknowledging that, like, I'm not good enough to please God. And that honestly, if I'm, if I'm truthful about it, like, I'm probably on the other team. You guys realize, you can't, like, you have to choose which team you're on. There's no third option. You're either with God and for Him or against Him. And the Bible's so clear about that. There's no neutral ground. You're either for God or against God. And so, in this chair is the acknowledgement. And it's kind of, it, it makes you distraught because you acknowledge, I think I'm against him. I think if I'm honest, like I'm not doing anything for him, which means that I'm against him. But then there's one more chair, there's one more way to live. And this person, I, I call them dauntless, untouchable, because the next step to go from being that guy who is like, I'm so glad I'm not like other people who are all messed up, to the person who acknowledges their sin, like the tax collector, who's just beating his chest, saying, I know that my life's a wreck. I know that I need grace. And Jesus says, that's the man who was justified. Not the religious man who thought he was so good, but the man who acknowledged that he was a sinner. And so in this seat is somebody who is covered in the grace of Jesus. Somebody who's at peace with themselves, at peace with God. Somebody who knows what team they're on. Do you know what team you're on today? And and, and don't just trust in whatever you said 10 years ago. Don't just trust that because you're here, you're on God's team. That's just, we start off with that. We know that's not the case. What team are you on? And so what I want to call you out today is to switch chairs. I want to call everybody in the room, switch chairs. If you're in that first chair, maybe you're not ready to say, I'm on team Jesus. I'm ready to fight I'm ready to put on all the armor, I'm ready to do this. But you're ready to acknowledge like, yeah, I'm probably not um, as, as good as I think I am. But maybe you're here and you're acknowledging your sin and you're acknowledging the mess and you're like, I, I know I can't fix it. I know I need grace. So the truth of the gospel, the, the gospel that Paul keeps presenting and he calls us to keep presenting to the world is one that you can't earn, but one that you can get, be given. It's a grace you can't earn. It's a grace you can be given. And so today, that's that's what I want to offer to you. Just as Paul did, just as people have done for thousands of years in the church, I want to offer you that grace if you've never received it. That you would fully own it. That you say, I'm on the team. Brian just said I'm going to get shot at, but I'm so in. Like, I'm so into this. I'm going to do it. Because I know that, that Jesus has the authority over all the demonic, all the power. And so if he lives in me, then the power of God lives in me. So if that's you today, would you just pray with me right now? Jesus, I know I I need your grace, and I know that I know that I'm not good enough on my own. God, I know I've fallen short today, this past week, the past years. God, there's there's even, even things that haunt me from years ago. And God, I just I, I want to let those things go. So God, would you would you take my sin from me? God, would you forgive me? God, could I today lay my head down on my pillow tonight uh, knowing that I am fully in your hands, fully covered by your grace? God, could you give me peace? And then God, could you fight with me? Could you help me to stand firm, uh, to resist the temptations of the enemy and to pursue greater things? And God, this is our prayer for all of us today, God, that we would be able to stand firm. God, that we'd recognize the fight that we're in and that we wouldn't walk around unknowingly in battle, but we'd be sleeping with our boots on, God, ready to fight at any minute. God, ready to present the gospel as Paul was. So God, could you show us in what ways we're not in the fight? Could you show us in what ways we have chosen to be part of the other team so that we might be on your team? God, so that we might fight with you and for you. And God, as we worship, as we sing here in just a minute, God, could you just allow um, some, of those, uh, God, some, some of those pains and the, the lack of faith in our lives, God, just to be, to, to be stripped away? Could we let go of some of the unforgiveness that we may have for friends or for people around us or, or even for you? And God, could, could just something happen in our hearts as we sing to you, as we let go of all of what's about us and we make all of this about you? We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, love you guys, thanks.